Blake is on his phone. I know. Yes, I am. Even though we started three minutes ago. Yeah, we've been recording now for a little bit. <clears throat> oh, really? Seconds. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, you guys ready? Cool. This is the outtakes part. <clears throat> no, no. This is the. This will be the intro. All right. Oh God. All right. Hello, and welcome to the Eraser Podcast. I'm your host, temporary host, Mr. Race Control, Joshua Mendoza. I'll be joined by Lightning McMeme, AJ Henderson, as well. We have a guest host today who's going to be filling in for Parker's position. He is the color commentator of the eNASCAR iRacing, Coca-Cola iRacing series. I can say it. There you go. Um, Close enough. He made his uh, official, I guess, debut uh, last night or two nights ago now yeah, for the uh, for the uh, Coca-Cola iRacing Clash at the Coliseum. Um, so I guess let's get into this. Yeah. That was very structured. Blake looked like he was in. That was loud. <laughs> that was very <laughs> loud. So we'll go ahead and introduce uh, Blake McCandless. Uh, Blake McCandless is also known as Mr. F4 Speed on Twitch, just like Travis's Moonhead and whatnot. You may have seen him around. Um, Blake, welcome to the podcast. Well, it's glad. Uh, I- I'm glad that what it's what episode eight. We finally got in the rotation, so you you know if you're an early guest, that that means that either you're really important or that they don't have anybody better to get, and it's probably the latter. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, happy to be here, and and like you said, happy to uh, to be doing some cool stuff, uh, being able to hop in the booth with the with Evan the Evan Pasoko, um, somebody that uh, apparently I imitate very well. Um, so uh, I, I'm just. Glad to we're, have that opportunity and oh oh, what? I was just gonna say we're gonna we're gonna need some Evan Pasoko voice at some uh, point during this podcast because uh, I'm sure we'll get to it. I I'm mean, sure. I I love you know my, it's been a while though. It, it's something I kind of did on my stream a lot, you know, like a year ago and stuff. It was kind of a thing, and I'm kind I may be a little rusty on the uh, on the old like side by side type type of stuff. Is. So oh, yeah. yeah, there we oh, go. Yeah. So, a little That's, rusty, little, little rusty on it. We'll get we'll get that Evan Pasoko prepared inside of you because we want to hear you talk about stuff in Evan's voice. I I've met Evan before. Awesome guy. I, I'm yeah. so glad to see you and him together. Um, I think it's a beautiful booth. I think it's I mean, you are very handsome, but Thank I mean, you. it is a well coordinated uh, group. And I think you guys definitely bounce off well with each other. So, yeah, um, I, I definitely think we, we got along well. And, um, you know, I think we're kind of establishing, you know, what each person can bring. Obviously, he's the professional. He's been doing this for, I mean, almost a decade now for this series. I, I think he said it was the 13th year of the series. And I think he's been doing play by play for most of it. Not quite all of it, but most of it. And uh, he's just great at being able to host. And then I guess I'm the, the analyst, you know, that's kind of get to provide all the expertise, you know, for my totally failed effort of trying to make the series. So uh, hopefully I can provide a little insight there. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll get we'll get into that in a second. But for those of you who are wondering, Parker wanted to make it out here. We actually I attempted to record an episode while AJ was at work with Parker before he got on a flight today. Josh, let's his- just let's just tell how it is. Parker has been fired from the podcast. He's <laughs> never coming back on 
Uh, I well, bought his uh, share of Eraser, know. so he's actually out at Eraser as well. We're done with him. Well, um, uh, there, see, we get a little bit of Parker there. Oh, right. wow. You are trying to imitate Parker. and Yeah, Parker I'm is AFK away from his keyboard and uh, for the he, foreseeable future. And by foreseeable is, future, I mean like Monday. So, yeah, he is recovering from the 24 hours of Daytona where he, uh, quote unquote, what worked 187 hours in a 48 hour period. It, it, yeah, yeah, according least, to him. It's, um, so definitely absolutely 100% truthful doesn't tell a lie like I talk about how I get emails from our listeners that nobody I else mean, seems he, to get. he's probably got a thaw out his bones he was probably frozen to the core I mean because what he always likes the night shift he likes the the very late you know like I think he to... was on a 24-hour shift like no joke yeah. I actually I don't, really? slept. I don't think he went away the entire time he was there I don't even know how that's legal but uh to to each other pay very well he he is recovering by Get this, going skiing. Not well, to a tropical destination. Now everybody knows that he's skiing. I don't think we're supposed to tell everybody that. <laughs> he's fine. He'll he'll be. Josh Mendoza doxing skiing. Parker Kligerman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, anybody who <laughs> lives next to a ski resort, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, go to the go to the mountains. You'll find a wild Parker Kligerman out there just flying through the trees. Uh, no, I hope he has a good time. Uh, he really wanted to be on the podcast. He really wanted to talk about the 24 hours of Daytona. Um, and I know I watched a little bit of it. Blake, you watched a little bit more than I did. But I do know that the finish between the GTD cars was something to write home about. Yeah, the GTD Pro finish was, I mean, and, and plus the response on Twitter uh, has been really good obviously everybody saw all the clips the guys that were involved to kind of tweeted back at each other about how it was good sportsmanship and you know guys just laying everything on the line right there so cool to see 24 hours goes by and it, and it comes down to that close of a finish and of course i was kind of watching uh the gtd class mostly because one i think it was the most interesting class that was there at the race i mean you had i think 22 or 23 entries you had a bunch of cars wreck out early that were really competitive. Um, and I was a little biased. Um, for those of you who don't know, I was uh, James Davison's spotter for the eNASCAR Pro Invitational Series. So he and I, you know, formed a little bit of a relationship there. And he was called upon, I think Tuesday, he was sitting in Australia on the beach. And in Saturday, uh, or on Saturday, he was racing in the Rolex 24 at Daytona, uh, filling in for uh, Gilbert kurt hoff motorsports so cool little story right there and i was kind of following along and uh seeing how they ran they ran third so they were kind of in the top five the whole day and kind of stayed on the lead lap all all night and through through the day and everything and he had a really solid run i was happy to see that that that's really cool i now i remember parker saying he loves the gtd because it is one of the most full contact motorsports as far as sports car racing goes and that did not live down uh, coming to the last lap. You had P1 and P2 racing side by side, getting right next to each other, getting all crazy. And they're going through turns NASCAR turn one and two, coming down the back stretch into the Le Mans chicane. And not even they just hit each other right in right in there. And that sends P2 spinning out. and. Give, this is how close it was. You had third place come by after 24 hours and pass second place. 
and second place I think went on to finish third or fourth. Um, it was it was wild. It was wild, and I think the biggest thing uh, was the how cold it was and how that played a factor. The tire temps. Uh, I, I know James. Uh, he was in the car and he got off a of pit road and went right into the International Horseshoe and took a little excursion uh, in the grass. Didn't damage the car or anything. Just ran a little bit off the road, and that was a constant theme throughout the night. And I, I wish Parker was here to touch on that because I'm sure he saw a lot of that up close. You know how they were trying to keep everything warm and how much the conditions that are so atypical of a Rolex 24 kind of played into it. Yeah, it was, um, did we, did it rain at all or anything like that? Or was it just absolutely freezing? It was freezing and and into Saturday. And as the morning came, it was a little warmer, uh, or Sunday, it was a little warmer Sunday than it was, uh, like Saturday and into the night. It was like 20 degrees or so at night, I think, or 30. Now I've been to one endurance race where it was like that. And this was about five years ago or six years ago. I went to the 25 hours of Thunder Hill and I can tell you, by two hours in that freezing cold, you just want to be done with it. It is awful. You are looking for anything that can generate heat, and you're trying to be there. You're trying to be ready for the pit crew in case the car comes in, um, and it it was awful. I can only imagine what it was like over there, and you. it was so much more intense because it's the 24 hours of Daytona. How is it not more intense than some random race up in Northern California that just happens to be freezing? So, um, my goodness, that was a that was a while. Did you see anything else that was happening, really, during the, the 24 hours of Daytona that caught your eyes? Okay, we're inserting this portion of what we're talking about in the middle of our GTD conversation. Parker just sent us a video. Um, basically talking about his opinions on the GTD racing. And he, uh, I think he kind of is on the same point where we're at. He talks a little bit about balance of power and making it so everyone has similar cars and incredible close-to-close racing. And I think he's just basically saying what we were saying already. So, All right, guys. So I've just driven up to Vermont. Uh, I don't have my AirPods. So that's a problem with my buddy Rick. We just made it up here. Um, so I'm not able to be on the podcast. This will be my couple topics first and foremost gtd pro racing is the greatest racing on the planet uh when you take a bunch of pro drivers and you give them basically identical through bop uh balance performance cars you add in traction control and abs what you saw at the end of the rolex 24 will happen continually this year because they can't get away from each other uh, a lot of the drivers lament it i get that you know you don't make as big a difference as a driver but definitely I believe this is going to be, or is, some of the best form of racing in the world, hence why GT3 is taking over, uh, so on and so forth. It's just fun to watch. I don't, you know, as a driver, yeah, I want to do more and have a thousand horsepower, no aids whatsoever, but I just think uh, from the outside perspective, what we saw at the Rolex those last hours was just incredible between the, uh, the Porsches, so I think we'll see that often. I also did call it, if you remember at the beginning of the race, uh, in my pre-race whip, I said that GTD racing is some of the most full contact racing there is, and uh, they they lived up to it. So that's my my thing. I'll thank you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I was watching that race, and you know, honestly, early on, it seemed like their Mercedes uh, AMGs were were just spanking everybody. I mean, they were. Uh, at least in the GTD class, they were the class of the field early. You had, uh, I think, three or four in the field, and three of them were in the top four, I think, at one point. Uh, and then I think one or two of them got wrecked, and the Ferraris came on really strong kind of towards the end of the end of the day. So, 
yeah, it was cool to see that balance and see which cars kind of had it and when speed changed throughout the race. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to go back to our regularly scheduled programming, but not without first mentioning, Parker, please, come on, fix your audio before the next segment. I don't want to hear your news with the local bar sounds. Just please fix your audio. If you can't, I understand. No, I like the authenticity. Okay, <laughs> now we can cut back. That was a while. Did you see anything else that was happening really during the, the 24 hours of Daytona that caught your eyes? Uh, cold tires, particularly on the LMPs or the yeah. uh, prototypes, I should say. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they would come out of the pits and just be they'd be slower than the GTs, like at least until they got out of the infield. That's how like cold the tires were. That was that was interesting to watch. How, now, how many laps would it take for them to get back up to speed? Uh, I think by the time they get back around, they're usually up to temp it seemed like but yeah they're pretty slow once they get out of the pits for the first couple of corners it was pretty crazy I know, I know one thing i'm always surprised by is the amount of full course yellows that kind of kind of come into play and how everybody talks about how the race is won or lost at night there's usually a lot of cautions at night and that kind of you know played out as well um so it, it's kind of interesting that you're always because following uh that 32 machine uh that james was in with um, with Mike Skeen, Scott Andrews, uh, Stephen McAleer, uh, was always trying to see, like, could the, could you stay on the lead lap? Or there's so much pit strategy that goes in, into it because you know there's going to be cautions, but it's so long a race, you can never predict when it's going to come or if they're going to come after restarts where everybody's bunched up and the, the cold tires and everything. So it's always interesting to see, like, how many yellows there are that kind of play into it. I know early on in the day, there was a pretty bad wreck getting onto the oval, uh, the yeah. turn one, there was a bad wreck that took out a, a couple of really good GTD cars. And then uh, I believe one of the uh, DPIs was in it as well. My there memory was, serves me. There was a there was also another wreck also in that same turn that uh, involved a safety worker. A safety worker actually got sent yeah. to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that he's doing OK. I haven't heard much more than that. Um, but I do wild. know that uh, he was at uh, Halifax and he was um awake and alert and just getting some treatment but he uh he i i don't know how he ended up where he ended up but he ended up in a position where a uh, lmp car came and sideswiped him or something um uh entering into the oval section of the track so um definitely don't want to hear about that but i'm glad they're doing okay um yeah it's just wild anything really can happen in there in these 24-hour races um, speaking of 24 hour races, Blake, you and me have done one together before. We have. Sort of. Um, I keep on bringing it up because it's my favorite. One of my favorite memories is the 24 hours of moon car. It was great. It's a lot different though than, <laughs> than Daytona, uh, unlimited fast repairs, Miatas at Martinsville. You're turning thousands of laps. Um, but yeah, it was a good little memory for sure. I forget where I think we finished what thirteenth in that out of forty three. So not too yep. bad. And we did the whole the whole race theme was Blake and Josh, kind of like Drake and Josh, uh, the television show. For some of you guys who have seen that before, uh, Blake even made an intro, which was incredible. That was um, pretty great. But that le- that leads into what you kind of do for a lot of your time and your living, um, content creation, racing. Um, tell us a little bit more about how you got into simulation racing, how you became a commentator, how you're 
working at places like uh, is it Ace Speedway? Ace Speedway, um, yes. So um, uh, it, it's kind of interesting. It, it, it's more of a. Uh, it was just an enjoyment. It was a hobby um, that you know just. Growing up and being a part of sim racing, it was something I enjoyed. And uh, a couple of years ago when I was in school, uh, just trying to be involved and do anything in sports, I had kind of done a couple of online races broadcasting-wise for fun. I mean, we weren't, we weren't getting paid. It was, it was just, you know, hey, our friends are racing. Let's broadcast it type of thing. And it was more for just kind of the enjoyment and just to, I don't know, play MRN for a night or something like that. And just really through what we've all been through the last couple of years and how much COVID has changed everything. And, and really for iRacing and the sim racing community, the esports world has really grown. One, one of the beneficiaries of, of COVID has been the esports industry. And for a little while, especially in iRacing, it brought so much focus from the NASCAR industry uh, with the Pro Invitational series that happened on Fox and a lot of real-world drivers coming in. I mean, there's a good argument to be made without COVID and, and the pandemic that E-Racer probably doesn't exist because um, that's where Landon and Parker kind of formed that friendship and you guys got involved with them and the Firecracker 400 was born and, you know, all those things happened. So being involved in sim racing, it, it was just a thing of timing uh, with the last couple of years and, and just some of the connections I've been able to make and people who have, you know, given me opportunities and in broadcasting and uh, to to drive in the sim. And it's all just kind of worked hand in hand together. And somehow we're, we're where we're at now where, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, no, no, nobody knew who I was in iRacing. And now I'm covering uh, the top series as well as, you know, trying to pursue a, a career that I didn't think was going to happen. I mean, a couple of years ago, uh, I did broadcasting for baseball and got out of school and everything. And it's kind of like, well, this is it. Um, I didn't think it was going to go any further. And then COVID and everything kind of brought esports to the forefront. And somehow that that's left a path open where, I don't know, maybe one day we'll be calling stuff uh, in real life one day. That's the goal. Um, so I don't know if that'll be able to happen, um, but that's kind of that's kind of where we're at right now. And it. it there, there's no planning for anything. Uh, I, you know, I can't, I couldn't have said a year ago where I'd be right now or two years ago and, or where I'll be a year from now. I mean, who knows? So, uh, it's just kind of a fly by the seat of your pants type of thing and, and, and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you do commentate a little bit in real life with a speedway, right? Uh, well, how I, often does that happen? I will be now. Um, we, we start that season April 1st will be the first night uh, that we got cars on track. And, you know, that's kind of part of it is that finding this through eSports and then all of a sudden uh, dropping uh, or becoming part of real life announcing. And, you know, I'm looking forward to that opportunity to be able to call short track racing. Ace is a great track, uh, good area for it, uh, a really great driver's track thin corners uh that really test drivers the drivers really like racing there um so happy to go there and and you know kind of kind of hone my skills in, in announcing in the real world and you know one thing just the last year or so being you know as fortunate and blessed as i am to be able to go behind the scenes i know parker has been a big part of this as well helping me out personally um and a big thanks to him because you know he's he's made a lot of things happen for me so i'm very grateful to parker for that um being able to shadow him and kind of see that whole world and that there's not as many differences from iRacing commentary to real life announcing as you would think. Uh, it, it is different. How you retrieve information is a little bit different, but 
the crossover between the two is much closer than I thought it would be. Well, I, I mean, that's that's kind of the dream, though. You get to mix two of your passions uh, with commentary and then iRacing and then hopefully propel that to your dream job. And Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can remember being a kid, you know, riding a bike out in the front yard when I was four or five years old, you know, having an MRN playing uh, on a radio in the garage and stuff. And that's, you know, to to... Be on that one day would be would be amazing, but you know we still still got a ways to go. So it's never ne- never a never ending grind, I guess. I know that sounds really cliche, but well, you almost weren't a commentator too. You also so for those of you who aren't familiar with the Coca Cola iRacing series, in order to actually be a part of the series, it takes a, a monumental amount of talent, a monumental amount of time, and a monumental amount of luck. Uh, and Blake managed to make his way from, uh, being in the, it's a several tier system where you need to qualify through several series and each one shaving off the fat as it goes all the way up until it gets to the most talented, leanest drivers out there who can go and perform at the top level, um, and who also have a significant amount of luck and Blake Managed to qualify into the second round of Road to Pro, uh, where he was he managed to get in by the skin of his teeth. I think he was the 69th out of 70th driver. Nice, by the way, um, yes. for getting into the series. And then from there, you got and qualified just just barely into the second section as well. Or uh, yeah, so we we were able to get through the. Both both rounds of the truck series, they took they took seventy in the first round, and they took twenty in the last round. Um, I, I was twentieth in that last round, so we were literally the last locked in spot. Didn't have that spot until the last lap of the last race, so it was pretty intense. Um, and then we got into the series where they take the bottom twenty drivers and Coke that get relegated, and those twenty drivers that work their way up from the truck series, and out of those forty the top 20 out of a seven race series that'll make up the new Coke series for the next year, the new 20 drivers uh, to fill out the rest of the Coke series for the next season. And we ended up 27, 28th, I think, um, out of that. So, uh, had a lot better run through the trucks than, than that series. But, uh, in a way it was a great blessing because uh, I'm sure without that and without that experience, you know, I wouldn't have been invited to the booth. I think one thing that they were, they were looking for is a little bit, uh, of expertise from the driving side. And, you know, that's one thing that being a streamer and, and doing this a lot in front of people, being able to explain things and talk about how the cars feel or how they drive or, uh, being familiar with everything and the way it is in iRacing. I know it's not real life driving, but uh, still, even for the Coliseum the other night, it's the coolest thing. And it's something you don't get to do in real life. You know, uh, Parker Kligerman, when he goes out and covers a race now, granted, he, he has a lot of real life experience at pretty much any track NASCAR would go to, but he can't hop in a truck or hop in a, an Xfinity car or cup car, or whatever race he's covering and go out there and run the laps before the actual broadcast and have feedback and know what the drivers are going through. Whereas in iRacing, that's probably my greatest prep for every race is to go out and actually make laps on the track and be able to explain to people what's going on or, or how the cars feel or like at the Coliseum, there's no braking markers anywhere. 
and being able to have that knowledge in your back pocket in case, you know, you're trying to explain something in the booth. You know, that's something I noticed when I was driving the car. Um, so being able to carry that stuff like that over in iRacing is, some, is an opportunity you don't get in real life racing, which is why I really hope someday iRacing puts a speedway <laughs> on on the service because <laughs> I just want to drive the track at iRacing just to get get a few pointers on it. That makes sense. AJ, are you doing okay? Are you alive? Are you breathing? I'm, we're ignoring I'm just you having a, a great time. I'm just having a great time listening to Blake's you, story. You great, awesome. Do you have any questions for him? Are you okay? Uh, <laughs> I think I actually haven't had this full story before. I'm sure you've told it before. Uh, your Twitch name. Where does it come from? I know it's related to your grandfather in some way. I believe. Yes, but I haven't heard the story, and I'm sure others haven't as well. All right. So uh, my grandfather, uh, there's actually, if you if you have YouTube, I highly recommend it. And it's not because we'll make any money off of it. But go to YouTube and look up Herb McCandless, H-E-R-B-M-C-C-A-N-D-L-E-S-S. And there's a four-part documentary uh, that was released last July uh, that, is, that chronicles my grandfather's life, uh, his uh, racing career, his post-racing career, and all of those things. So uh, go do that right now before I say anything. Um, but yeah, so, so in that, the title of the, of the documentary is Mr. Four Speed. And my grandfather, Herb McCandless, uh, was a drag racer back in the uh, 1960s, 1970s, uh, kind of the door slammer era of pro stock racing. And his calling card was the fact that he could shift a four speed and make it sound like an automatic as he'll tell you, you know, there was no magic. There was no clutchless transmissions in those cars. Um, you had to shift. And, you know, one thing that he kind of became famous for during that time uh, was how consistent he was uh, with being able to shift four speed cars that, you know, took a lot. I mean, his shoulders been messed up for the, his whole life because of how hard those cars were to shift. Um, but he became famous for it and, you know, won the U.S. Nationals first year uh, that they ran pro stock at it in 1970. And um, the, the nickname for me was largely uh, obviously a tribute to him, uh, his name being Mr. Four Speed. Uh, but back in the old sim racing days, me and my brother used to race on the predecessor to iRacing, which was NASCAR Racing 2003 season. And one of the interfaces, uh, if you clicked on your F4 menu when you were driving that car, it showed us it showed your tire temperatures. And that was something that me and my brother did well. You know, we became known for in some of the leagues we ran was just being able to conserve tire wear very well. So it was just kind of a, a mashup of those two things. And it, it came together and made us uh, Mr. F4 speed. Hmm. There you Very go. Very neat. That's exciting. That's a cool. That's a cool way to throw a tribute to yeah. your family, and then also include um, a little bit of modern you into the mix. I like that. Yeah, uh, and we always try to pay tribute. I know anytime we get an eraser event, you know, luckily uh, the 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 fellows at eraser a little lenient with their number, uh, you know, rules and stuff to allow me to <laughs> run some tribute cars and stuff. Uh, if you're watching the Firecracker last year, I ran a tribute uh socks and martin scheme uh to my granddad and uh that's always been cool i know the first firecracker first firecracker he ran a scheme based off his 1972 dodge demon um so yeah i don't know we'll, we'll have to come up with something i'm sure this year for the firecracker as well maybe maybe a different paint scheme uh and that was the same race that aj finished fourth uh the 2020 firecracker 400 now blake yes. how did it feel to get beat by a controller 
Well, I wasn't in the race, so um, I guess I, I, I didn't just get beat by AJ. I got beat by everybody, I suppose. So uh, I remember Blake was in the 200. He got wrecked on like the first lap. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. And it was. I, I remember that as well. Yeah. <laughs> you, I remember you getting all excited, and then all of a sudden you just got destroyed on lap one or two. Yeah, it, it was disappointing, but I mean, we stayed after it and repaired the car and still ended up getting 25th. So we had, we had a great recovery drive after that, but yeah, it was disappointing getting taken out that early. We got to make the 400 uh in 2021 though um still got wrecked at the on the last lap but we we had a lot of fun we ran up front the whole time you're so, getting closer every year yeah yes. maybe one year we'll we'll finish it we'll fi- and got- we pushed dale Earnhardt jr to a win in one of the one of the heat races oh, that yeah. was pretty cool that 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 is kind of cool to, to push dale jr to a win that that's an experience that not many people get to say they've had <laughs> i tell you what because you know i've raced him quite a few times on iRacing at daytona and he beats me every time. Like, and I think people just kind of think, you know, oh, Dale's in the race, so, you know, everybody's going to help Dale because they want to help him win. And you know, most popular driver, he's got a bunch of fans and everything. But I, especially in those '87 cars, I'd put him up against any of the Coke guys, anybody that's on the service because he know there's a reason he wins, and it's because he knows what the hell he's doing. I mean, we had a two or three lap mono e mono battle probably about a year ago in an '87 race, and how he would back off when he would side draft and do all those things. I mean, it's not, it's not by chance. He, you know, there's a reason he's as good as he's always been at play tracks in real life. Is Cause he, he, he knows his game. He, he, yeah. he know, knows what he's doing. Yeah. That's uh, it's impressive to see him race. I mean, if we've seen him do it in our events before, I, he just, he can see the air or something. I don't even know. Even virtual <laughs> air. He see, it seems like he can see it. Um, but that, yeah, it's going to be, uh, man, that's just such a cool thing. And I can't wait to see what other things he does with um, being, now that he's a part of iRacing, he's uh, used his power to bring a new 1987 car. Um, so that Buick should be soon. I know. I'm it's really gonna be great. Forward to that. So, all right. Not to change the subject, but to change the subject, AJ, this was your topic last week. We had a new pit stop video from joe gibbs racing and we got feedback we actually we got two pieces of feedback um and i will start off with our first one which was a five-star review thank you for giving us a piece of feedback via five-star review on apple podcasts be sure to everybody should do that Yes, if you want to send us feedback and you don't want to send us a voice memo, feel free to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and let us know your thoughts. Um, from Smack Talker Skywalker, I love the username. Um, great episodes week after week. Love to talk about pit stops. Possibly Joe Gibbs Racing are doing it that way since the single lug will make changing tires faster, yet the fueling of the car will take the same amount of time. Maybe it's a way to make the gas man fuel the car, switch cans without having to step, bo- step back and pause for the tire changer to come around and give him a few extra seconds to feel the car and reduce that time. You know, you guys know what he's talking about? Oh, yeah. That is a possibility. His guess is as good as mine. I, I don't know. I'm still curious about the legality of this. I mean, is this just a, a thought, a, a, an experiment of thought for Joe Gibbs Racing to see would this improve time? Um, is this going to be how they're going to do their pit stops? Maybe this is some sort of some sort of form of uh, misdirection. Maybe they have an even faster way of doing the pit stops, but they put out a video of them doing it this way 
to really throw everybody off. We'll Absolutely. Did you One see thing them? about those pit road guys? I bet they, I mean, the teams are so complex now. They'll find, I'm sure they've been studying anyway. And maybe HA's right. Maybe it is this misdirection, or maybe, you know, they found, you know, they did their homework and, and found some time to be gained there. Absolutely. Blake, did you, did you see the video? I have not seen it yet. No. All right. Uh-huh. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pause the podcast right now and then I'm going to send you the video so you can see what we're talking about. All right, Blake, you've seen the pit stop video now. Yes. What are your thoughts on it? I think it's, I don't know, it's Joe Gibbs racing. Uh, so anything that comes out of that staple, I feel like it has to be, I mean, they're, they're the top tier whenever you think of the best pit crews, the d- development. Um, it's always, you know, Denny Hamlin's pit crew, Kyle Busch's pit crew, consistently the fastest on pit road, and JGR just probably has the best development program going on out there. So if they put out a video like this and they figured something out to find time, uh, I got to believe it because they're, they're always stout when it comes to pit, pit road, and I'm sure Parker could back me up on that if he was here. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's just... It is awkward to see everybody run in front of the car, um, but it, hey, if it's faster now that they're not having to hit the lug nuts, I think that's where you find that time because I think I feel like a majority of pit stops now are all going to come down to how quick can the fuel man add two cans or however many cans they can put in um, because you know with with without the lug nuts to hit the tires are so quick now um, and so efficient and you don't have to worry about missing lugs and all that stuff um, so. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see maybe if they allow more space where they're adding fuel to try and speed up that process, I guess, makes it a little bit easier. Not as much congestion at the back of the car. So it makes sense. And again, innovation is probably coming from Joe Gibbs if it's coming from anybody. Yeah, that's absolutely, definitely a possibility. Now, we have one more person who called in. This is an audio clip. Um, It is uh, from somebody I know quite well. so we'll go ahead and uh, hear what they have to say. Longtime listener, first time caller. This is Joe Mendoza, aka Papa Gamesons, Joshua's dad. You guys are doing a great job. I'm very impressed with your show. And uh, last week's show, when I was listening, I ended up hearing you talk about the Joe Gibbs new pit strategy. And one of the things I heard that wasn't mentioned and kind of seemed my it might be a little obvious is that the gas man is not going to be entangled uh, with any of the tire changers it seems like if they're doing it this new way the gas man can go straight up put in his fuel if he drips or spills you don't have the potential of a tire changer running around the car and slipping and falling in the fuel and you don't have the gas man trying to get and squeeze out of the way of a tire changer so potentially faster stop, less uh, uh, incident of somebody tripping and falling, and then making a longer stop. Just a thought. Um, that's all I got. Thanks. Bye. I think it's a valid go. point. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Papa Gamesons. Shout out Papa Gamesons in the Twitch chat. Thanks, Dad. Uh, no, uh, he makes a great point. Uh, 
What about the gas that falls on the ground all the time? Haven't we seen uh, pit chain or tire changers slip on the gas or the fuel as they're running around? They've done that. We have plenty of times. Done that. It's so hard though. I mean, I I've walked on pit road last year, and those stalls. I mean, they put coke they put pj1 they put everything down in the pit stall like my shoe almost got stuck to the pavement because that's how sticky they make everything on pit road yeah so one just again more discussion about trying to unentangle the the gas man in the middle of a very critical point of the race the pit stop and i think that's a very valid point that we completely ignored last week because we were so enthralled about the idea of Go everyone going around the front side of the car and the whole choreography there. And so I think it's very interesting. I think it's a great point. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you, both my dad as well as Smack Talker Skywalker. Amazing name. I love that. I hope that's your your legal name because that's gotta be that's gotta be great. Um I, I but thank you for the five star review. Thank you for the voice memo, um, dad. And that's uh I think We got to talk about the clash because this is the first time it won't be live pit stops. So we won't see those pit stops there. We'll see those at Daytona, but let's talk about the real life clash. Who here is excited for it? What are your guys' thoughts? I know we've talked about this several times already, but we haven't heard it from Blake. Blake, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I'm excited after driving the track in the sim, seeing how everything played out in the Coke series, and, and, and I think there's going to be a little bit of crossover there. Uh, the track is really tight. It's really technical. It's hard to drive uh, if you're a competitor. I, I think the one thing that'll be most interesting, though, is the uh, the fact that so many teams are going out there kind of shorthanded with the part you know supply shortage and everything and going out there are they really gonna go fender to fender and really tear up the or have the risk of tearing up those race cars that'll be interesting to see if they kind of push that envelope or if they're going to be a little more tame um but after seeing how everything played out tuesday night and and kind of driving the track i'm a fan of it i think it's going to be wild i think it's going to put on a good show i'm not saying that to sound cliche I, i think it'll genuinely be fun i know they're trying some stuff inner uh broadcast and inner race with you know the dj and all that stuff which heck try it out it's a it's the clash it's a non-points paying race get out of the way get out of the open and uh you know just uh, i i'm i'm excited for it i think it'll be a good race yeah aj what do you think yeah i'm i'm you know i'm not gonna say no to additional racing so and it would be something new so it'd be something to look forward to you know this, this was at Michigan, you know. Michigan has been known to have some snoozers in the past. Of course, this is with the next gen, so you'd have excitement with that. But, you know, this is new. Nobody knows what to expect. So it'll be interesting no matter what. Mm-hmm. This is a new track, never been raced at before. New cars, never been raced before. There's probably other stuff that's new that I can't think of. But, yeah. I mean, new number new fans, locations, new fans, new, new number fans, uh, new pre-race concerts, new, new pre-race yellow concerts. flag concerts. I mean, those are things we haven't yellow seen. Yellow flag concerts. Yes. Oh, did you not hear about DJ Ski? I thought I talked no. about this. I OK, apparently this isn't news, but it's news. They're going to have music from a DJ playing under yellow flag conditions. Anytime they have a yellow flag, they're going to pu- start pumping music by DJ Ski. 
So it'd be like one of that timeouts called in a football game. Yeah, exactly. Or like when, you know, we're in the middle in between periods at a hockey game or uh, baseball when everything is basically happening because there's nothing really happening in baseball. You get somebody hitting the ball and they run for a couple of minutes. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Are we slandering baseball on our (laughs) podcast right now? I guess we are. I guess we are before we do stuff like that. Well, I mean, they kind of have to. Right. So now we have Parker on the podcast who makes people (laughs) mad because he doesn't know a lot about dirt oval racing. And then we have you slandering baseball. Baseball is fun. I, I actually got into baseball recently, but yeah, be honest. There, there isn't a lot going on a lot of the time, you know, just kind of sitting around waiting. If you know what to look for, there's always something going on. Oh, you're you're, right. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're intellectual like us. Oh, yes. AJ. Yes. We should move on. Excuse me? Bearish. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. What? What did you say? I want to hear. Did you say I'm not an intellectual? Because I don't enjoy baseball's boringness. I just think it yeah. would be more fun if they permitted like fighting as a way to get somebody out. You, you know? can fight. It's like an. Ag- you you want to you want to play baseball, but with fighting. I mean, they've fought before. There's been all sorts of fights in baseball. I feel like it would be great if like they did that and then they had like a penalty base where like you had to do something. No, that's the they... worst. I hate when they do that. <laughs> and, like hockey. You don't like the penalty box? No. Oh, <laughs> uh, you got to fight. Go go sit in the corner. What is a... it? Preschool? We, we have a hockey fan here. Blake, what do you think of the penalty box? I mean, I like it in hockey. I think for baseball that kind of sounds like a an idea that would be in a lemons race or something maybe not oh. <laughs> necessarily for baseball what you get a you get in a fight but you were already on base you get sent to the penalty base it means you're now at like zeroth base you gotta run back to first and then you gotta you gotta do it when there isn't a runner on first i don't know they're kind of trying to discourage hockey from fighting too or, no. or you know like trying to take it not completely take it out of the game but at least reduce it to some extent so wow but anyway, well, baseball may not even play this year because of all the, you know, like, you know, owners and players associations fighting and stuff. There might be a lockout. Really? So, Whoa. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I know really nothing those are, those, of motorsports, so this is good uh, news to me. As of the beginning of February, uh, apparently the talks have not been going well. So that, the the the, wow. the odds of them making spring training are very low right now from what that's I've pretty most recently heard. So, oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, the one time the Rays are good and they got to have a lockout. So, classic. Yep. Well, that that I didn't mean to interrupt you talking about the clash, AJ. Were did you have any more thoughts on? I that? have zero idea what I was talking about. You were talking about <laughs> new things. Yeah, let's just yeah let's, yeah that's it. You know. You're just excited for new yeah, things. You know, well, it'll you know it'll happen and then we'll it'll never be do it again. Time. Okay, all right. You think are we, do you think we're going to return at least? Uh no. No. I don't think so. Okay. Guys, I hate to change the subject immediately, but I feel like this is important. So, if Parker's listening to this right now, he is. Quick quick no no no, no. just like at this moment right now Parker is listening oh, to this okay. podcast. Give me a 10 second answer what is Parker doing? Uh why are you laughing, Josh? <laughs> Serious question. 
Oh, that's a I, good question. Hmm. It's it's a great question, but if Parker's listening to this podcast, oh geez, what would he be? He's doing? probably he, you know what? He's probably sitting in an airplane terminal it, just wondering if he hashtag got that upgrade when he boards I the plane. I think it's a Monday uh afternoon. No, scratch Wednesday afternoon. We're about to record next week's podcast, so he wants to catch up. Uh he's sitting on his he's sitting in his living room. Uh, on his dang MacBook with its loud keys, he he can't get his AirPods to work. But it's then he gets his AirPods to work. Ten seconds, and then he listens to the podcast. That's fine. Okay, so I, I'm going to keep mine quick. I think Parker is. He's just finished. He's he's running. He just finished oh. an Instagram story of like. Oh yeah. Gotta, gotta, gotta stay straight. You know, he like finished one of those things and now he's running and now he's laughing and running at the same time. That's my prediction. Wow. That's uh that's quite the statement. Wow. You're on here as a guest and you're already slandering the person that you're replacing. That's not saying anything bad. Yeah, that's, that's an true. educated if guess. Anything, it's that's good. That was I guess, really respectful. I guess it, I, it is. Because he would true. expect Blake to he would be expecting Parker to be working out. I, I would say imperson not slandering, impersonating a person you're replacing. That's uh that's incredible. I'm I dig it. Okay. So all right. Did I you give back to get back on subject. No, I no. I no, I'm back to okay, I'm fine. trying to figure Let's out a transition. Race cars. <laughs> I'm going to the clash. I'm actually going to it. Oh I'm yeah, going you to are. see it in person. Yeah, talk about that. I'm Congratulations. Literally- you really making me not want to invite you back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really regretting that. No, it's, I, I'm flying down tomorrow. I'm really excited. Uh, huh? I just found out I'll be, I got hot passes. Um, so, so what does that even mean? What? That, that I'm mean, flying it means, I'm it means on a plane. I'm getting on a plane and I'm going to be traveling to the destination. That's what I mean. No, when I'm coming I say with I'm hot flying. passes. Like, what do you get with a hot pass at this thing? There's not like, it, it means I you're have, special. I, I have no idea. Honestly, there's. I've been told. I, I've referred to like six times that I'm going to be in the pits, and then everybody's like, "They don't have pits." I'm like, "Exactly." So staging area, whatever it is, I don't know. I get to see the next gen cars up close and in person, and I'm really excited about that. That is pretty lit. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I don't know what the pass gives me. That's the thing that confuses yeah. me. I. Yeah, that's a great question for hot passes the whole year because there's less practice and there's less qualifying. Well, there's more Speaking than last hot year. Passes, passes is going to be cheaper. Speaking of hot passes, by the way, Parker, if you got nothing going on at Daytona, you know, after I just totally slandered you and your running habits, hit me up. Wow, that is <laughs> that is that is strong arm energy right there. Take over your position on a podcast for a week and then, and then ask demand you for a podcast. hot passes. On the podcast. On the podcast. It's a bold, it's a bold, it's a bold move, Cotton. We'll see it. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. Seriously. You were saying you were saying, AJ? You did make you did do that voiceover on that video we made. So yes, yes I did. the Ogia one. The eraser yeah. football video. That was incredible. That that genius, that was all these guys right here. I, I'll the- be honest. I uh so AJ sent me the idea. I immediately loved it. He sent it to me that night and it was hard because I knew I was going in the booth the next night. Um, the the news was not public yet, but I knew I was going in the booth the next night. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I could do this video. It'll be posted before I'm in the booth. So all the teams like won't think that 
somebody at the booth just hates them all. Because uh, obviously, I'm just in it for the content and the fun. <laughs> and if you know, if, if any other team wants to hire me for uh, very biased voiceover work, uh, you know, <laughs> hit me up. But uh, so total yeah. sellout right here. Total sellout. It, he'll take it. He'll do anything. Yeah. For money. But uh, yeah, so I kind of came up with the lines and thought of you know thought of some one liners and it came out it came out pretty good. I, I think it did pretty well. I mean Parker, what he's a three time league MVP, reigning league MVP, and sexiest owner alive award mm-hmm. winner. So yep. that is that was that was a fantastic video. I will um I will link it, but maybe I can play a little preview right here. And you just saw it. Uh, if I put it in there, if I forgot to edit it, and then you didn't see anything, you just saw me pause for a second. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it was pretty clever. It was really well done. Did AJ send that video to you edited at all, or did you just get the full video? Uh, he sent it to me somewhat edited. Um, I cut out a couple plays um, just to, I don't know, for timing's sake and stuff, just to keep it around two minutes because it was about I, probably like three or so. Yeah, I originally made the video didn't like it erased all the footage i had and then had a different idea recorded that i was just gonna have like funny noises playing over the video but it would oh my gosh i hit my mic ended up not being funny at all i was like well now i'm in trouble and then you and (laughs) parker were like oh we need to get blake do voiceover it'll be great and i was like blake please save me and he did well, it was so. it was good. I had to take out some plays of you know totally not the other team scoring. I mean, we gave them points. Yeah. You know, it, it, they definitely did get a safety. Score. Yes, but that was that was out of the graceness of our heart. Yeah, right? yeah, one hundred percent wasn't the other team scoring. Actually, no. I promise. No. I like how the other team scored the most rare way to get a score in in football. Dude, a the safety. game the game was so weird. it's called Maximum Football 2020. It's on Steam for like $6. I turned our Eraser's team stats, every single player up to 100, which took like an hour and a half cuz there's like 70 players on each team. <laughs> and then I took the other team and put them all down at zero, and then I had to rename every player on every team. It took forever, and then the AI just like 100 AI versus 0 AI there's not really it's more like 70 versus 60 like you don't really notice it interesting i yeah. would have thought it would have been like a, a like a children's football team versus an i was NFL hoping the score would be team. like 200 to 0 but uh <laughs> it didn't work out well that's but anyway. that, that's funny that's that's actually really funny um, it was a fun idea mhm it was and i and it, it was there to promote the enascar series coat clash which I guess Blake did not go well for Eraser. <laughs> no, it no, didn't. We, we got destroyed uh, by everybody. The debut, but that's okay. The debut, that's true. Yeah. yeah, the debut of the forty-two and the sixty-nine car, which are our new numbers. If you didn't miss the video, um, mm-hmm. incredible video as well. Good job on that one, AJ. Um, we were close with the sixty-nine. We got close several times. We were in position to transfer. Uh, but in the LCQ, yeah, and then Dylan Alt wrecked us. <clears throat> Dylan Alt got a little throttle happy, you know, unsurprising. Just killed us. a lot of guys that were throttle happy the other night. So there was a lot of bumper happy, <laughs> throttle happy. I don't really blame him. I mean, Colin was driving, he was driving that car, and I loved it. It was awesome to watch. And then Dylan Alt did not appreciate it. So, um, they, yeah. they, yeah, they threw, they threw hands, uh, <laughs> With four cars, that's yes. for sure. <laughs> it was it entertaining. Is. So, Blake, tell us about the how was the NASCAR Coke Clash? 
Uh, so Heat 1 was a little tame. After that, it was pretty crazy. Um, the racing was good. The dri- Obviously, the drivers being as skilled as they are, they were going to at least put on a good show or at least be able to handle the car and the track. Um, but I think we learned, and that's going to be one interesting thing in real life, is just how wrecks happen and funnel because the track is not wide. And it's not long, so any wreck that happens, like if the guy in 15th spins, three seconds later, the leader's going to be there because the track's so small and there's nowhere to go. So I think when you get a certain amount of cars, it'll be really interesting to see past the heats in real life what happens with that because there's just, again, there's just nowhere to go. Um, but yeah, overall, it was a really good really good show. It's probably the longest race we'll have this year, honestly. They, they you know, with... Uh, the series shortening the races a little bit. That was probably one of the lengthier races or broadcasts we'll have this year. Uh, Cause it, it was a, it was a good chunk of time to, to run all the heats and then a 120 lap feature. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I, I didn't get to watch it cause I was driving, but I watched it after the fact and it looked, uh, that first seat was like, wow. Okay. People are on their behavior. What the heck? And then the second and third, he just became a disaster. Then it was it was wild. But congrats to the uh, other Lightning McQu- McQueen King. I don't know what his name is. What? How do you say it? Lightning McQueen. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> <clears throat> I, uh, I I forgot how to pronounce that. Uh, Casey Kerwin for winning that. Um, That's exciting and pretty pretty cool news for him. Um, yeah. That's uh that's racing. That's uh I had a fun time. You did did you watch it, AJ? I did. You it did. Was, it was pretty good. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> Nothing else? Yeah, I didn't really think about much of it. I really I, didn't just, like, I had a fun time. That's, I didn't like the new That was my takeaway. I didn't like the commentator. The new Oh, that Blake guy? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's just a little rusty. I think he needs uh he needs to get a little bit more comfortable in the booth. He's not really a Blake McCandless. He's more of a rusty McCandless. Um, Ooh. So. Uh, <laughs> no, Blake, you did great. You did good. Uh, good good job, Blake. Where, where, where are we for our next race, Blake? Where's the first race of the points paying season? February 15th, Daytona. And of course, that's where it starts every year, and we'll be there, and... That'll be a great opportunity. The The next-gen package has been updated after they had the test at Daytona. They took some information from that and put it in the new cars. They are a blast to drive. The tandem is going to be in play. Side draft is ridiculous, but like in a good way. And I think Daytona is going to be awesome after, uh, after driving it a little bit at Talladega and Daytona. It's awesome. going to be a race you don't want to miss. And uh, if you'll probably hear me... And, screaming my head off in about i don't know next week for there that so there you go I, I i saw a little bit of the next gen at daytona although it was the old daytona i uh was race controlling for the ftf 500 and they had some good race and they had some some pretty good side-by-side stuff going on there was at some points where they were single file and just riding around so i'm hoping they have a really good really good race uh but i'm looking forward to it now i guess that that Blake, I guess that that makes your news. You you were on the the Coke clash, right? Yes. That's yes. that's your news. Okay. All right. AJ, what news do you got for us? Uh first brand new F1 car 
of 2022 reveal is tomorrow. This will probably be out already. Haas unveiling their scheme. And I think Ooh. Williams is unveiling theirs on the 9th. So we'll see our first 2022 F1 car. I think this is a testament to the amount of reach this podcast has. We go not even we we go one week about complaining about F1's media coverage, about how they're not talking about the new car enough. And next thing you know, it we have people announcing that they're going to start announcing new cars. I think that tells you just how many people listen to the Eraser podcast mm-hmm. and the kind of influence we have yeah. within the greater motorsports we, community. We control all of F1 basically. Just with their mouths. Well, if they're listening and they have influence, the one thing I want to know is when uh, when Drive to Survive is going to be released Ooh. for this past season. I'm looking forward to that. That'll that's be a good be one. A good. That'll, That'll be, be. That's going to be an amazing uh, season. I'm excited to see everything that happened and everything that Netflix thinks happened. Yes. Be good. <laughs> yes. I'm. I'm very excited for that. Uh, yeah, I, dude, I'm really excited because Drive to Survive, it's going to be right before I head to, I think they normally release it in March or April. I think it's going to happen right before I fly out to Spain to go to the Spanish Grand Prix. So I'm really Ooh. excited to to binge watch Download that. Download a couple of them on the mm-hmm. old airplane. Yeah, and then, mm-hmm. um, and then fly on over to there. And then That'd be lovely. That would be incredible. Uh, my topic is very similar to your topic. The F1 or FIA F1 management, whatever, have announced that they're not upping the amount of sprint races uh, for next year. They're actually going to stick with three and they don't know where it's at. But they did say the first race, Bahrain, is not going to be one of them. So. Boom, I've yet to talk to somebody who enjoys the sprint races. I do. OK, well, uh, there's one mind. There you go. I I, I, think, why, I feel like a lot of people. Him? I feel like most people I talk to, they would rather have three practice sessions in qualifying than two practice sessions or whatever what? it is qualifying in a sprint race. You rather watch cars toot around for an extra session than an actual race? We learned so much contextual information in practice, though. Like you, like technical information. Things about the teams, you learn so much info. It's just chill. You're just chilling on like a Friday, you know, you know doing some. I'm willing to bet that Josh is a fan F1. of NASCAR practice on TV, though. No, I yeah, I rarely watch NASCAR practice ever. I rarely watch it. I, I, I honestly, I when I'm at the uh, track, I I I really like so we practice. Got a fake motorsports fan. No, I like hands. the practice because it means it's more time for me to walk around the, the, uh-huh. the paddock and see what's going on more than anything mm-hmm. i wow uh-huh. i so he's there I for the he's there for the clout the paddock clout than he is for the absolutely race that's that's why i'm there who no. calls it the paddock in nascar i mean oh my god yeah, come on so let's go back to no let's go back to we're F1, an F1 subject that's why i'm calling it a pat i i rather see more racing and i don't care if it's racing racing what do you call it then there is a there's a start point, there is an end point. And I, must... I call it structured practice because they're just going out there and riding around. Whatever. I I think it's I think it's better. I think more so based for those who don't watch F1, um 
the sprint race would replace a it would move there would be two practice sessions on friday there'd be a qualifying session in the morning on saturday i believe and then they do a short like 18 lap race or 15 lap race um where they determine the starting lineup and, and yeah, they and hand then out a couple qualifying of points. just doesn't matter then that's the other point it doesn't whoever it wins the sprint race is who is technically the pole sitter who qualifies first I don't like that. Okay. Because it's just, what's the point of qualifying then? You know? Uh, what's the point of practice? I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> if you're the quickest in qualifying, you should be the quickest in qualifying. You are the quickest in qualifying, and then you uh-huh. got to go perform a sprint race in order to maintain that position. Nope. Nope. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it. We, we hadn't even talked about the original issue with the teams in F1 where the teams don't want to do it because it adds cost and risk and there's budget cap now. And that's the reason why the teams don't want to do it. But Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Parker actually sent us news. Let's see if he fixed his audio here. Um, I'm pretty sure he might have not. So let's find out. All right, my second topic, we'll see if you guys can go with this, uh, is the clash and just talking to some of the people, including our own very own Landon Castle, who should definitely be coming on this podcast next week to tell us how it went. Um, I think this is going to be a catalyst moment for NASCAR in a lot of ways because of not only the fanfare, the marketing they did, uh, there's these guys here, but <laughs> that's my brother, uh, but most... Doing? Hold on. Most of all, I think that it's something where the sport is just going to learn to continue to step outside the box, and we're seeing it now, and the fans are going to get a great show. I'm really excited to watch it. It's going to be awesome when I'm done here skiing up in Vermont, which is the only time skiing all year, basically, so looking forward to that. But um, I know you guys will probably say the same, but I just think this is going to be one of the coolest things we've seen in a long time. Hi, Rick. All right. Those are my questions. Okay. Thank you very much. So we're back on to the Coliseum, which is totally fair, totally okay. Um, valid points, I guess. I mean, that we really can't talk about the Coliseum or the Clash any more than we have today. It it the NASCAR season's around the corner, and I'm excited. It's for happening. It. It's happening, and there's no way you can avoid it on this on this conversation. I'm just gonna say it's all about the Clash. This whole conversation's about the Clash. So yeah, everything's about the Clash. Well, I think I saw something on Twitter earlier. Tim Clark said that, you know, even aside from this, how many how many business ventures this open up, opens up, relationships that can be built outside of just, you know, what's happening on the racetrack. And I know fans may not kind of understand that or, I don't know, maybe the Facebook comment sections will go crazy when you talk about stuff like that. But I, I think that, that that can't be undervalued on what's what all is taking place this weekend, that there could be new relationships formed as a result of this event with NASCAR, um, whether from a fan experience side or sponsors who are interested in the sport and want to get on race cars at, from, I don't know, just the, there's a lot of different things that can come of it. And I think it's all positive, especially for a race where again, we're not paying points. So if you're going to try it, try it now. Absolutely. That's a great summary of all the good, all the excitement I have for, for the clashes, the opportunities that it opens up. So and he did didn't he say Landon Landon's driving in it. I mean, yes, we know that. Yes. We've seen the entry list, but Landon Castle former or fellow not former, fellow e-racer himself Landon Castle 
is going to be driving at the Clash. How cool is that? We really yes, do need to get him on 77 here. Spire Voyager car. Yeah, he's so he'll be driving multiple times this year. Yeah, he's entered for the Clash. Um, yeah. Bob Bacchus tweeted, he said he's going to be in the 500. So, I mean, we really need to get Landon on in like the next week or two because he's got really cool stuff to talk about, like driving yeah, the Daytona be, 500. Pretty. He's going to be back to his 2014 self where he's driving Xfinity full time and like most of the cup schedule or whatever. That's so cool. So. That is so cool. I I want to hear from Landon on this. Landon, if you're listening, please. We want to. We want you on here. Even Parker said it. Um. So, please come on over. The water's right. fine. The water is fine. Um. Yeah. I guys. I think we've expired a lot of our time here. Um, yeah. I think we've talked about everything. <laughs> there's really not much to talk about this week only the clash the coliseum you know 24 hours of daytona uh parker has gone missing we don't know where he's at and he's sending us ransom videos in the form of topics so he's searching for bigfoot in vermont somewhere yeah. yes so i think this is uh this is the moment where parker says tune in next week we're gonna be talking about stuff again what it is, we don't know because we're gonna wait till that week to find out what we're gonna talk about. We may have a guest, we may not. Um, we never even we didn't even know we were gonna have a guest this week, but Blake joined us last minute, hop in, swapped a, did a little driver swap there, and Blake hopped in, took the took the seat for a bit. So thanks for joining us, Blake. Um, and as far as everything else, be sure to give us five stars on Spotify, give us a written review, five stars on Apple Podcasts, write us comment give us a like on youtube wherever the heck you like to listen find the rating system put it on there send it to your friend tell them it's the best podcast that you've ever listened to um even if you know it's a lie i uh, just do it do it help us please no i but we enjoy your guys's um support and thank you guys all for your five star reviews that we've gotten so far so this is the outro blake we usually talk over this and yeah you have to say something oh, okay. funny Yes. Let's say a funny joke before we end the podcast. So if you have a dad joke, say it now. Well, you know, uh... I guess impersonating Parker. I like it.